This is an RMAC Network Special. American Freedom with RMAC, your host. Today, RMAC is going to speak about Gavin Newsom and more. Coming up on the American Freedom Podcast. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, welcome to the podcast. My name is Ari Mac. All right, um, we got a lot today um, on our agenda. Uh, first of all, um, we today is the holiday, the day that we're going to be uh, doing the holiday of Sukkot um, podcast. We will have a Sukkot podcast, I'm saying, um, coming up this, either Wednesday night or Thursday morning, uh, we'll put it up, um, yeah, that's the latest on the agendas, um, Alright, let's get to our podcast. Um, so the latest on the Pfizer stuff. Pfizer announced today, uh, September 20th, that, t- that the testing showed um, that its COVID-19 vaccine is safe and well tolerated by the children ages 5 to 11 years old. Um, robust n- neutralizing antibody response were observed um so my question is what is what's the whole point and why are we giving kids vaccinations when we have multiple um kids don't don't really need it because according to dr Rand paul i say to him the reason why i say to him is because um we we understand from dr Rand Paul, that um, the percentage of kids getting COVID-19 is a very slim chance, and it's and the reason why we and the reason why they're giving um, vaccines to children and not not um, adults now is because they're they're nervous about um, about the children in schools. I get it, but. People should not be getting tested or even getting the vaccination, giving their vaccination to little kids. I'm not an anti-vaxxer, but when it comes to um, kids, like very little kids, I wouldn't um, put that needle on my kid at all. We don't know what the heck is in the... We don't know the ingredients. They just say, MMR, and that's it. I'm like, you have to tell me what's the ingredients of this vaccine. And we had um, a doctor on and spoke to us what's inside of this vaccine. But for the children, it might be different. For Pfizer. And I'm like, 
gee, I wonder if, um, how many people will be taking this vaccine, uh, for their, showing their kids, well, I would, I'm wondering how many kids will be taking it and will not be taking it. That's my question of the day. And it will be. Um, and I'm thinking that not that many will be, will be, will be taking it. Um, well, I don't think I, I will be. Um, and I'm not taking the booster shot. I know Biden is playing a whole thing with the booster shots and I will not be taking it. As Trump says, the booster shots is a moneymaker. And it is a moneymaker. It's a very, it's a, it's a moneymaker thing that we, um, have a, that we have, um, that we have in America. And I just want to break down this whole COVID-19 thing, um, about the testing, um, the reason why they're requiring testing, I've, I was speaking to somebody, no name to be mentioned, the reason why I don't want to name that person, because um, they told me to be anonymous, that anonymous person told me, they work in a um, pharmacy, um, I was speaking to them, and they told me a whole breakdown about the testing, the reason why they're doing testing is because they're, you know what's inside that um, Q-tip. You're not, you're gonna, everyone's gonna be shocked them once I tell them. It's a small poison. A small poison inside the Q-tip. Now you're gonna say to me, how do you know this? I actually know, I'm very sure, I am 100% sure that the, um, that the virus comes from the Q-tip. And they're poisoning us. So. They're, they're trying to get COVID. They're trying to blame the vac unvaccinated people. When they're really um, doing the actual vaccination. When they're, when they're doing the actual COVID. They're trying to blame it. So, everyone shouldn't be confused with that. What I mean is, they're trying to blame the unvaccinated because they're trying to get the vaccine inside the unvaccinated. And if not, they're going to blame them, continue blaming them, until they get the actual vaccine. So, they say, get your... Get your, um, get your test today. Poison test. And I call it poison test because I got COVID. And I'm pretty sure that, um, that, um, Q-tip wasn't actually a real Q-tip from America. The Chinese, um, gave us Q-tips back in 2020. And they... And all these labs and tests and everything um, gave 
gave these Q-tips. And remember when um, Fredo Cuomo said, we are giving tests out to every single New Yorker. And then um, his brother, Clown Cuomo, um, came on to the show and decided to play clown show. Bet you that Q-tip um, was full of poison. I bet you. And I'm not really a fan of testing. No. I go out without testing. If I'm exposed, I would know. Someone would tell me that they're exposed to me. And I would be like, okay, fine. I'll do, I'll do my precautions. I'll wash my hands and do different um, stuff. I'm like, okay, fine. I'm exposed. I'm fully vaccinated, and I don't need. I don't need to worry. But I'm like, okay, fine. Zip. Um, finished. Who 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 knows? Um, we just got an alert from my pillow saying that Frank Speech for all the news, real news, my pillow fall. Overstock sale, save up to 75% on on select products with the promo code FS22. Go to MyPillow.com and use code FS22 or call 1-800-544-8939 and use code FS22. Yes, we just got in. Uh, that alert. So that's the my pillow commercial for today. Um. Yeah. So if I was exposed to somebody and I was like, okay, that person was exposed to me. Who knows what? Um. And I'm like, I get over it. I'm exposed to that darn person. I ha- I'm fully vaccinated. And I had COVID. Okay. Fine. Listen, I don't wear a mask at all, anywhere. And there are people out there are like, this person's not wearing a mask because I'm like, person, chill. I am vaccinated. I had COVID. I'm never going to wear a mask. If you, if, there are some places that require mask, and I would wear. I have to because. I wouldn't be able to enter that place without a mask. Um, but in general, I do not wear a mask. The reason why I say that, because where the American um, people, um, there are, there are, there are people who are like Dr. Fauci, um, Wear a mask, and even if you're vaccinated, remember back in um, June or May, that we have the um, when Ron DeSantis said we have the Dr. Fauci fully vaccinated people wearing six masks, and we still do today. We still do. I enter my um, school building actually. My school, all schools in New Jersey, sadly, require masks. I don't wear a mask at all. And 
when they when they tell me to wear a mask, I'm like, I don't have one on me. I will never carry a mask in my pocket or my bag or anywhere. Because I'm vaccinated and fully and I recovered from COVID. I'm still kind of recovering from COVID. Long haul stuff, um, by the way. Um, for those who who uh, had COVID or didn't have COVID, there are some long haul stuff um, agenda um, from COVID, and it takes a really long time to recover. And it's not that it's not that and it's really hard, and it's bad. All right, let's get into um, some stuff here. Um, Biden took a a uh, a nice vacation quote unquote vacation this past weekend this come this past weekend last weekend um he went to a beach while Afghanistan and the border is in trouble so what in the world is with this guy I'm like you know what this guy is not a president. Meanwhile, somebody thought, I don't know who in the world thought uh, President Trump was being filmed at the White House. It was not. This person um, thought President Trump and Melania was at the White House. Apparently, um, she was wrong. It was Boris Johnson at the White House. And I get it. Why you think um, Boris Johnson looks like Trump? Because Boris Johnson looks like Trump a little, but not. And but his wife, Carrie, um, is um, recently married, but doesn't look like Melania at all. All right, next. This past Saturday. Um, the loved ones of the people in Passaic remembered two friends swept away from Ida's floodwaters. Natasha Renee, no, Nahidi Renee, and Ayush Renee. On September 1st, they were, um, Ayush uh, Renee. Along 18-year-old Nahidi Renee were in a their red car Civic when the floodwaters began to rise, forcing them in to abandon the vehicle. Once the waters re- receded, the car was left in the intersection on Main Avenue and Benson Avenue, and in the Passaic Passaic. Neither person to be found, but two weeks later, on September 10th, their bodies were found in in the Passaic River in Kearney and Newark, identified on September 10th. They were not related, despite the shared names. Today um, would have been Ayush's 22nd birthday. Ayush was a student in Montclair State University. Nahidi 
attended in Seton Hall University. Um, there were both crowned king and queen at the spring open prom in Passaic for the students who graduated during the pandemic. I attended the um, ceremony. I, did, I attended the uh, vigil this past Saturday. It was a very sad one, actually. Um, and the Ayush, the Renee's family is a quite a um, devastating story how they how they um, how they how they uh, passed away meanwhile New Jersey moves to divest from Ben and Jerry's over anti-Israel boycott. So um, New Jersey is saying it's time, it's time to um, move on from Ben and Jerry's. I agree. All right. Yes. So last week, um, meanwhile, the um, big tech um, lawsuit, we are part of the big tech lawsuit, um, and I'm proud of it. Last week, um, Twitter... Uh, um, Jack Dorsey filed a motion to transfer venue Northern District of California. We will speak about California government in a minute. Um, we'll have some news on that in a minute. Um, transfer venue Northern District of California case in pending of the of California in the case pending in Southern District of Florida. Judge Robert. Um, Robert Scalia proceeding. Um, this move aligns with Big Tech's proceedable response strategy that President Trump legal team has been prepared for the their response will make a unique set legal legal arguments as why this case should remain to the Southern District of Florida. America first um Believes they will successful be successful in this effort. It's time to deny Twitter that the unfair advantage Scalene Valley Silicon Valley judges who have time and time again protected the Section Two Thirty immunity um, granted to these local social the social media behavior. Bahamas. So, it's, it's it's kind of great, great stuff there. So we the reason why I said um, that we have some stuff on um, news on uh, California. Guess what happened? Of course, they stole the election. On um, let me sh- let me. I'm trying to find the uh, speech from Gavin Newsom. Give me a sec. Here we go. Here. 
CNBC had him spoke for about, I don't know, but here's this latest speech from Gavinism. Picking up on that. But of course this was a resounding victory. Jen, Jen Psaki actually spoke here. Yeah, and it wasn't even close. Good evening. The race called just 38 minutes after the polls closed, leaving plenty of time for spin. Governor Newsom didn't just survive a political near-death experience. He won a mandate. We said yes to... Wow. A mandate. So, Gavin Newsom... Listen, listen to this um, whole thing. I'm not going to stop it. But Science. We said yes to vaccines. We said yes to ending this pandemic. Newsom's aggressive approach to COVID-19, which helped fuel the recall, became his closing argument. The state now has the lowest transmission rate in the nation, according to the CDC. The White House picking up on that. But of course, this was a resounding victory for Governor Newsom, but also for a science-based approach to fighting the pandemic. The results mirrored Newsom's landslide election in 2018 and President Biden's win here last year. Republican frontrunner Larry Elder, who pushed fraud allegations in the days before the election, admitted defeat. We recognize that we lost the battle, but we are certainly going to win the war. With another election just 14 months away, Republicans were putting a brave face on the laws. While Democrats crow and celebrate, the state GOP chairwoman said, theirs is a hollow victory. Indeed, California has the same problems today that it did yesterday. Raging wildfires, rampant homelessness, skyrocketing costs. And Democrats face questions of their own. Chief among them? Why, in a state where they outnumber Republicans two to one, did it take $80 million and the party's biggest guns just to keep the governor in office for another year? Of course, one reason is the... Meanwhile, Biden, listen to what Biden says about Larry Elder. He thinks that he's still running as a president for president. Here we go. Listen to this. It's hilarious. Oh, the last year I got to run against the real Donald Trump. Well, this year, this year, the leading Republican running for governor is a uh, closest thing to a Trump clone that I've ever seen in your state. I really mean it. And uh, he's leading the other team. He's the clone of Donald Trump. Can you imagine him being governor of this state? You can't let that happen. You can't let that happen. Creepy whispering voice from Biden. Oh, man. What a creepy guy. Want to hear what um, Gavin Newsom said at the uh, speech? I'm going to play it for you guys in a minute. But Biden... Here's what um, Grant Stinchfield had to say from the streets of 
California. Most TV and internet packages. Not just for the people of the Golden State, but for America. For decades, California has been the incubator of radicalism. What starts in California never stays in California. Just look at gun laws there. California has some of the most extreme gun control laws in the nation. You got magazine capacity limits, universal background checks, even limits on how many guns you can purchase in a month. All policies that are now being pushed across America. They were born and bred in California. San Francisco just launched a program to literally pay criminals not to commit crimes. Seriously. 300 bucks a month if you promise to engage with the community, whatever the heck that means. And don't forget, California is the homeless capital of the world because of its tolerance for drug use, criminality, and even its refusal to outlaw those just living on the streets. The homeless rush to California because of all of this. So what has happened? All of this liberal craziness spreads across the country like a California wildfire. So Democrats are coming out in full force, trying to scare their base into keeping their failed, disgraceful Governor Gavin Newsom. It's imperative that does not happen, which is why it is so important for people to see what actually goes on in California. So over the weekend, I had a chance to visit Los Angeles, and a Los Angeles police sergeant, Veronica Saucedo, took me on a ride-along to see, well, some of the worst L.A. has to offer. So, go figure, we get to go out for our first call of the day here with the LAPD, and it happens to be a drug overdose simply on the sidewalk, and it's a Saturday afternoon in the middle of the day. So, Sergeant, this is pretty common, isn't it? Very common. Very common. We get a lot of these, I'd say, you know, anywhere from four to six a day. And you know what's amazing? I mean, people are literally just dying on the streets on a Saturday afternoon. This could all be prevented, couldn't it? Yeah, it's a drug problem. It could absolutely be prevented. And so while Mayor Garcetti wants to focus on COVID deaths, they ought to be focusing on the drugs and homeless problem in this city that literally has officers responding to something like this six times a day. Six times a day, someone's kid dies because of drugs, and they're worried about COVID in this city more than anything else. So as we drive through here, I see tents everywhere. But then every now and then there's a place where it's it's clean, which tells me it could be enforced. I, I do believe that there are special areas and sections that, that do get some increased enforcement. Don't have enough officers working. Our deployment could be uh, increased so that we can actually do more work. And uh, if laws were able to be enforced throughout, that would benefit the community. If you were given the capability that you guys could clean up this pretty quickly i absolutely believe if we were given the right amount of resources and the support we could keep the streets clean and we can definitely keep the citizens of los angeles safer you know i see videos sometimes old ladies getting beat up by homeless people not old people just regular people smacked in the face how common is that pretty common pretty common unfortunately we have a lot of uh, People running rampant uh, under the influence of drugs and various narcotics and addicted to drugs. And, and it affects their behavior, it affects their judgment, um, common sense, and, and it certainly increases the violent behavior. And you get rarely get shoplifting calls. 
Not, yeah, rarely. <laughs> and that's not because there's no shoplifting? No, it's because shoplifting has literally been removed as, as a crime. You know, it's, uh, it's amazing to me to see this and think this is an American city. And, and some of the areas we drove through, it, it looks like a third world country. Yes. It's sad. It's really disheartening and it's sad because I grew up in the city of Los Angeles and within the past 10 years, this has just increased tremendously and uh, it's, this type of behavior has been enabled. The drug use has just multiplied. And we're in LA today. We could be in Detroit tomorrow. We could be in Baltimore the next day. We could be in Washington, D.C. You go through liberal city to liberal city to liberal city. And uh, basically, this is the situation. It sounds really crazy. But listen to what Gavin Newsom had to say about his win. They made him win. Of course. Overwhelmingly, uh, no vote tonight here in the state of California. Uh, but no is not the only thing that was expressed tonight. Uh, I want to focus on what we said yes to as a state. We said yes to science. We said yes to vaccines. We said yes to ending this pandemic. We said yes to people's right to vote without fear of fake fraud or voter suppression. We said yes to women's fundamental constitutional right to decide for herself what she does with her body, her fate and future. We said yes to diversity. We said yes to inclusion. We said yes to pluralism. We said yes to all those things that we hold dear as Californians and I would argue as Americans, economic justice, social justice, racial justice, environmental justice, our values where California has made so much progress. All of those things were on the ballot this evening. And so I'm humbled and grateful to the millions and millions of Californians that exercise their fundamental right to vote and express themselves so overwhelmingly by rejecting the division, by rejecting the cynicism, by rejecting so much of the negativity that's defined our politics in this country over the course of so many years. I just think of our kids watching all of this, nightly news, day in and day out. And I just wonder, I've got four young kids. Oldest about to turn 12 this weekend. And what they're growing up to. In a world where we're so divided, these kids increasingly fearful, isolated, disconnected. And we're teaching them that. And it doesn't have to be that way. I think we owe our kids a deeper sense of respect and all of us as adults responsibility to, to just regard this false separateness. We're so much more in common as a state and a nation that we give ourselves credit for. I've been all over the state of California over the last many years, but notably in the last nine months. Conservative parts of the state, progressive parts of the state, folks that I, I know were going to vote no 
and votes that I knew were going to vote yes on this recall and, and turned out to do just that. But one thing that's universal, everybody wants to be respected. Everyone wants to feel some connection to one another. We all certainly in this pandemic want to feel safe, protected. Those are universal values. And I think about just in the last you know, few days and the former president put out saying this election was rigged. The democracy is not a football. You don't throw it around. It's more like a, I don't know, antique vase. You can drop it and smash it in a million different pieces. And that's what we're capable of doing if we don't stand up to meet the moment and push back. I said this many, many times on the campaign trail. You know, we may have defeated Trump, but Trumpism is not dead in this country. Sounds very stupid. All right, next. This is more stupid. I just got my cash back back. Okay, right now, security tight at the U.S. Capitol. The fencing, that's back up. The National Guard standing by again. It's all because of tomorrow's far-right rally in support of people arrested for storming the Capitol January 6th. This is the first major security test there since the Capitol riot. And eight months later, Capitol Police are taking no chances this time around. NBC's Alice Barr has the latest from Capitol Hill. The U.S. Capitol today has all the appearance of a well-guarded fortress, a seven-foot-tall steel fence now encircling the grounds, a heavy police presence, and new security cameras scattered over the property. We're not taking any chances. It's all in preparation for tomorrow's rally in support of people arrested during the January 6th Capitol siege. Capitol Police determined to prevent a repeat of anything close to that deadly day and eager to demonstrate changes they've made to better respond and to identify threats. We have dramatically changed the way that we process and share intelligence. Investigators say there have been some threats of violence for tomorrow's event. We would be foolish not to take seriously the the intelligence that we have. The event organizer, a former Trump campaign aide, insists it will be 100% peaceful. He's expecting around 700 people to rally for those charged on January 6th, who he claims were not violent. We are prepared to have a peaceful exercise of our First Amendment rights. Still, every Capitol and D.C. police officer will be on duty. The National Guard asked to stand by. Members of Congress urged to stay away. As officials hope they are overly prepared for a peaceful event instead of overrun by the kind of violence that has forever changed security in the nation's capital. It started out like this. And guess how, guess how many people was at this, sadly, 200 people, and four were arrested, hey, 200 out of four, why not, so, um, listen to this,
This woman was wearing Did a not Trump it the mask. First time. And she was kicked off her um she was kicked off the airplane from wearing a Trump mask. This was six days ago. And um, yes, yes, I did. You changed it when I asked you. I asked you to change it. And you asked it. if I was going to keep it on, and, and I, I said yes. Ma'am, I talked to the pilot, and, and I said yes. Ma'am, the pilot and the pilot. Under what off. conditions? Because they don't feel comfortable with you on the aircraft. Because I'm wearing a mask, because like you told drama. me. To? What? I'm sitting here. I haven't done anything. Ma'am, I need you. I out. literally have just put my mask I'm on. I can do that, but I don't understand under what conditions. Can you tell me to the FYI for Denver? The president is refusing to come off, and she's still filming me. Yes, I will film you because it's ridiculous. Okay, thank you. The woman uh, made a lawsuit against the um, the airplane airline. What will happen if I do not take my shirt, my my hat off? <laughs> And it's just liberals, as we know. So, good job there. Great job. Standing up for America. All right, next, former Trump spoke to Newsmax. You said that you've made up your mind about whether you're running again and that your supporters will be very happy about it. When do you plan on letting us know what that decision is? Uh, I will probably not comment on that, but I will tell you, I think you will be very happy, Sean. I think you and a lot of other people that love our country are going to be very happy. I mean, I could make it soon, but you know, that gets complicated. But uh, you are going to be extremely happy, and this country is going to come back again. We are a laughing stock all over the world. What happened in Afghanistan, what's happening at our border, where millions of people are coming in. We have no idea who they are. Uh, it's a disgrace. What's happening to our country? You just watched Newsmax TV, America's... So I think um, that announcement is going to happen either in the upcoming rally... This coming Saturday, not this past Saturday, this coming up Saturday on September 25th, um, either that rally or in Iowa on August 10th, on, I mean October 10th, why the heck did I say August, either October 10th rally in Iowa or um, his rally in September 25th rally, so yeah, I think that's going to be a great one. Either, I don't know. But, um, the polls are, uh, coming close with Murphy and Jack Chattielli. Chattielli's, um, he's the GOP candidate for, uh, Republican, um, candidate. And the polls show that, um, Chattielli could be the winner. Uh, many, many, actually. Um, think that Chattielli is the best candidate. Meanwhile, oh man, why does AOC... This is Representative AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who showed up to the Met Gala, one of the most preposterous, 
frilly, silly events of the year where people wear lots of silly sorts of outfits and they pay upwards of $30,000 a ticket and they go hobnob with very rich people. So AOC shows up and she gets the attention she craves and she wears a dress that says on the back of it, tax the rich. What's the whole point of that? I'm like, tax the rich? There's a reason why AOC's not the, she'll not be the president. Next, I'm serious, AOC should not be president. Kids 3 to 18 is increasingly um, affected by post, uh, post-COVID disease. And um, it's kind of crazy. Meanwhile, why does Biden... Hi, I'm Elsie. Why does Biden keep on coughing in his um, hand? Remember when we um, when we uh, used our elbows? Well, apparently he doesn't. Well, folks, I want to point out something to you today. Joe Biden's constant coughing started to concern me. He coughed into his hand throughout his entire news conference today. It was so obvious when watching. It's almost jarring and actually pretty distracting. <clears throat> the choice is this. <clears throat> the data, excuse me, <clears throat> the data, <clears throat> that's the tears in our economy. <clears throat> For a long time, <clears throat> go out of their bank accounts. <clears throat> that isn't about raising their taxes. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> all of this will mean. And that was all in one conference. And, I'm like, and is there something wrong? Obviously, there's something wrong with him. But. Maybe something with his lungs or something with his body. Maybe. All right, Dr. Fauci. Speaker Nan. Um, not. Let's skip that one. All right, Newsmax correspondent um, spoke to um, spoke to Jen Psaki. Listen Thank to. Thank you for joining us. Let's now go to um, the State Department briefing where our Emerald Robinson is getting into it. Listen. Yes. The Biden administration is cutting supplies in red states by 50 percent. So, for example, uh, you know, in Florida, they were expecting to get 70,000 doses this week, which they say they need. They're only getting 30,000 doses. And this is not just for unvaccinated people. In South Florida, half the people who are seeking this treatment are fully vaccinated. So why is the Biden administration cutting these supplies? That's not accurate. So let me give you the accurate information. Uh, First of all, we are increasing our distribution this month by 50%. In early August, we were distributing an average of 100,000 doses per week. Now we're shipping an average of 150,000 doses per week. Over the last month, though, uh, and one thing that I think people need to understand for clarity, facts, I know know you're like facts, um, is that monoclonal antibodies are life-saving therapies that are used after infection to prevent more severe outcomes. So clearly the way to protect people and save more lives is to get them vaccinated so that they don't get uh, the COVID to begin with. But over the last month, given the rising cases due to the Delta variant and the lower number of vaccination rates in some of these states like Florida, like Texas, just seven states are making up 70% of the orders. Our supply is not unlimited and we believe it should be equitable across uh, states 
across the country. Do you? There have been no reports of a, a, a lack of supply. So why cut them to those states only if there's no reports? I think of our, our role as the as the government overseeing the entire country is to be equitable in how we distribute. We're not going to give a greater percentage to Florida over Oklahoma. Nor do I think are you suggesting that. I think we have to move on. Go ahead, Yamiche. Thanks so much. My name is Leslie. My favorite thing about the Grilled Chicken Club. She is a crazy idiot. Who I mean is you know. Jen Psaki. I hate her. Jen Psaki is the worst. Alright. Moving on. Next. Um... A shortage of school bus drivers in many districts. The reason why is because many people don't want to go back to um, school or work. They just want to get paid by the um, by the government. I'm like, no, no way. We're not doing that ever. So this um, this. Government funding is over. Go back to work. Lazy bums. Or find a job. Remember this teacher. Sickening video. This sick teacher enjoys forcing eight-year-olds to wear a mask. All so day did you long. hear about the federal court ruling today in Iowa? We can do mask mandates now. Local control has been restored. And the judge references two affidavits written by Iowa school board members in the federal court case that was filed from the ACLU. And guess who one of the board members is? Such sickening stuff. Really. It's really sickening. It's bad. Outrageous. Really outrageous. Alright. And they and they still wanna they just wanna continue it. It's really bad. Alright. Meanwhile, Lego makes a gay toy gay toys for kids. Perspectives on sex. It's a mild way to put child brides, I guess. The toy company Lego has a new set of toys out for kids. It's the queer eye toy. Queer Eye, the Fab Five Loft. It's from Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. You remember that show? And it's all these gay guys who are interior designers. And a very popular show. So some people are very upset by this. They say, we shouldn't have a, a, a show called The Queer Eye. They, they shouldn't have little toys for kids. And I, I don't know. I, I, my problem is not with Lego. Okay? My problem is not with the fact that this, this show that focuses on an aspect of the sexual revolution was made into a toy for kids. I think that's inevitable. I think that if you have a culture that is really focused on sex, sex of all kinds, that even sort of an unusual uh, sexual desire would then be the kind of hook for this very popular TV show that's been on for many, many years at this point, inevitably you're going to get toys about that. That's going to permeate the whole culture. And there's no, there's no way to separate that. I mean, this is one of the failures of the you-do-you idea of society, the libertarian idea. I mean, these were the things that we were debating yesterday in D.C., and you can check out that panel at the Intercollegiate Studies Institute. 
is it just doesn't work because we actually do live together in a polity, in a society, and my behavior actually will affect other people. The libs are kind of right about this, and your behavior will affect me, and the prevailing standards and mores actually will affect the kind of country that we're going to have, and it's going to affect the way that we individually develop as well. It's going to affect the way that we raise our kids. And so if you, if you have a problem with that, then you need to stand up and actually have the cojones to say, no, we are not going to tolerate certain shows on TV. Whether, I mean... All right. So here's what um, CNN has to say about Wall Street Journal, Trump wants McConnell out, voted out. Here. When nature Listen and science this. get together... Pretty sweet thing. This is CNN. ...is reporting that former President Trump wants... Developing this morning, the Wall Street Journal is reporting that former President Trump wants Mitch McConnell gone and has recently spoken with senators and allies about whether any Republicans are interested in mounting a challenge to... Now she sounds like she's bored. Of course, she's bored. Senate Minority Leader. Now, sources tell the journal that so far there is little appetite among the Senate GOP for such a plan. We're back now with Maggie Haberman and John Avalon. Um, you know, Maggie, this is an interesting one because Mitch McConnell is someone that most Republicans, you know, they don't want to go up against. You're even seeing major Trump allies that are not getting on board with this. I think this is a, a couple of things, Brianna. I think this is Trump trying to, you know, flex a muscle. I think this is Trump trying to stay relevant, frankly. Uh, and I think that it is just his ongoing personal animus with Mitch McConnell. But I, I don't think that there is a, a, a he is not having any luck. Um, All right. Just a bunch of fake news, ladies and gentlemen. More and more fake news every minute by them. All right. Continuing. Um, Biden is... Response and hammers and says we are not allowing any. Um, we are not. We are limiting the uh, monoclonal antibodies to the um, to certain states, and that state is Florida, which is a very successful state for antibodies. And Biden. So DeSantis said. We should be limiting um, our president, the times that he talks, until the times that he, until he's out of, until he stole the election. So what he means is, we should be limiting him at all times. I, th I agree with him because um, I think that we have to limit um, Biden by talking or else he's in trouble like crazy. Hey, why not have a president that does not talk to America? It's Biden. It's already happened. It's already happened. Um, and we, we know it. We know it. That he um, doesn't talk to America. Meanwhile, um, Nicki Minaj came out on live Instagram and Twitter 
after Twitter um, made has suspended her account. Said this. Here we go. Nicki Minaj. Story. Um, it's kind of crazy. Story. This story. But you can't just question about something going in your body. Do y'all realize that I remember going to China and they were telling us, you know, be, you cannot speak out again. And I remember all of us thinking, oh, okay, well, you know, we understand and we respect the, the laws here and, and, you know, that it's so different where we live. But don't y'all see what's fucking happening? Don't y'all see that we are living now in that time? Where people will turn their back on you if you don't, not only not agree, not agreeing, but people will isolate you if you simply speak and ask a question. Y'all don't see what the f*** is happening? So, she got banned on Twitter. And... I think that is what she's trying to put is she's upset and I agree, totally agree with her. It's amazing what she said. Um, and, but at the same time, it's kind of crazy what she was, was she was trying to put that she, it's crazy what's going on in this country. Correct. Um, and the other same, the other point is that she's trying to say is, look what the hell is going on in our country right now. It's crazy. Um, next, the CDC has issued a shocking woke, um, elderly, older adults, or a new preferred terms guide has been issued by the CDC. It now tells people to avoid terms like elderly, homeless, or biologically female. Those are used to describe the human condition. Joining us to discuss, Angela Morabito, Campus Reform Fellow, former press secretary for the Department of Education under Betsy DeVos. Angela, great to see you here. Let's try to make sense of some of these words and terms here. Uh, prisoner, partner, child of an incarcerated person, handicapped, now people who use a wheelchair or mobility device, the homeless should be people experiencing homelessness, the elderly, older adults or elders, and biologically male or female should be assigned male or female at birth. Uh, what's going on with these phrases here? What do you make of these new terms? Are we relearning the English language? Well, the left is remaking the English language, and it started on college campuses as far back as the 1980s. We started to see these speech codes emerge that teach you a kind of Orwellian newspeak. It's a really different way of viewing the world or obscuring what's really going on. Well, those speech guides then became ubiquitous on college campuses. At Campus Reform, we see these all the time. We've watched them get progressively more ridiculous, and now it's happening at the nation's highest scientific body. Right, the CDC, and I also noted, too, um, 
the term for females, women. Uh, women can get pregnant, and yet that has even changed according to CDC language, correct? Exactly. Everyone should be concerned that the CDC is actively denying one of the basic truths of the human condition, that people are male and female. And the fact that you're not supposed to say biological male or biological female, look, it's really hard to trust the science if you can't trust the language. And scientists of all people really ought to be empowered to accurately describe the world around them. Look, we're never going to be able to talk about the illegal immigration crisis if you can't say illegal immigrant. We're never going to be able to address the homelessness crisis if you can't say the word homeless. So language matters here, and it's disappointing to see the CDC take this step. And when it comes to being on a college campus, uh, do students really feel restricted in what they can and cannot say? They do. We, we hear this from our, from our students at Campus Reform all the time, where a speech code will come out and people will say, uh, sort of this self-conscious reaction, right? I hope I didn't offend anyone. I hope I wasn't causing harm. And of course you're not causing harm when you say that someone is male or female, or you say that someone is a smoker or they're uninsured. These are just facts, but this resistance to facts really started on college campuses, and that is what the left wing wants, is for you to feel guilty about saying things that are true. How do you suggest uh, students who take issue with the fact that what they can and cannot say is now being monitored, uh, what's it recommended that they do to kind of uh, oppose it? Every student has free speech rights, and they should be using them. The, the worst thing we could do is use these ridiculous euphemisms to get around what's really happening in the world around us. Person-first language, like saying a person with a disability or a person who uses a wheelchair, that's great. I'm all for putting the person first. But when it comes to restricting things that people say, that's ridiculous. So students shouldn't be caving to these speech guides. And honestly, scientists shouldn't either. They ought to be showing us the way here and insisting on telling the truth. Yeah, don't deny uh, facts or the truth. And as you point out, freedom of speech, we still have it. It's First Amendment right. Angela Morbido joining us live this Friday. Angela, thank you very much. Thank you. You're welcome. The Ultimate Electric Showdown continues with the Electric E-Cascadia versus the Electric Scooter. We are increasing. Let's go to Emerald Robertson with Jen Saki. Our distribution this month by 50%. In early August, we were distributing an average of 100,000 doses per week. One thing that I think people need to understand for clarity, facts, I know, I know you're like facts, um, is that monoclonal antibodies are life-saving therapies that are used after infection. I think our role as the, as the government overseeing the entire country is to be equitable in how we distribute. We're not going to give a greater percentage to Florida over Oklahoma, nor do I think are you suggesting that? Uh, that's exactly what we're suggesting, yes. Um, let's go right to the source, though. Let's welcome out our White House correspondent, Emerald Robinson, standing by live in our nation's capital. Emerald, this is, it's just so ridiculous. People don't realize 27 states, including Massachusetts, by the way, have Republican governors. That's the majority in this country. There's only 50 states. 27 of them uh, could, be, uh, could be on this list. Yeah, but it's uh, primarily Florida, Texas, and Tennessee, those states that have been most opposed to uh, Joe Biden's COVID policies. Uh, Texas and Florida have both been uh, adversarial. You could say, according, that's how the Biden administration says it, uh, to mask mandates, vaccine mandates, and the sort of heavy hand that the Biden administration wants to administer when it comes to COVID policy. But what I loved about it, 
Rob, was that she started out with saying that's not accurate and then explained why it was actually accurate, that they are doing this. They're, they're going to shift distribution, even though they really haven't started shipping out uh, those monoclonal antibodies to the other states in great amounts. So, for instance, for Florida this week, they were supposed to get 70,000 treatment, monoclonal antibody treatments. Instead, they only got 30,000. So that's less than, uh, that's about half. And that is uh, very concerning to DeSantis' team. It's concerning to a lot of providers in Florida who have been sending their patients for this treatment. Because keep in mind, it is not just vaccinated people, which seems to be the standard of care for this administration. If you're not vaccinated, then you don't deserve care. It's essentially what Jen Psaki was saying yesterday. Um, but 52% of the, this one clinic in Broward yesterday, 52% of the patients were actually vaccinated. And if you fully vaccinated, and if you looked at the 65 and over population, that percentage was higher. So DeSantis and his team are saying that we need these for both vaccinated and unvaccinated people. And this is just a trend that's going on. Even in Florida, though, you have doctors who are resistant to this and other treatments like ivermectin. Uh, some, some patients who are requesting ivermectin, even after being vaccinated and getting a breakthrough infection, which is becoming more prevalent, they're, they're saying that they will prescribe it to them, Rob. Yeah, Emerald, I, I think, and by the way, so Florida just passed 50,000 deaths. Um, they've got a total of 50,811 now over the last 18 months. That's still less than New York. It's still 5,000 less than New York, courtesy of Andrew Cuomo and the nursing home crisis and many bad policy decisions. Do you think yeah. this is probably about... Th- th- this is sinister to say, but could this be about 2024? The worse you make Ron DeSantis look, the less viable of a candidate he is. I mean, it doesn't, one could say, and I have talked to providers and, and members from the governor's office, it doesn't make sense medically or, or you know, scientifically because the prevalence of the cases has been in those southern states. So, yeah, there's more of a need there. And keep in mind that the the rest of the nation wasn't really using monoclonal antibodies in the same way that uh, Governor DeSantis was pushing them in Florida. And now that they've had some good results with it, there is a little more demand, but there's still not maybe the prevalence of cases. And he made the point. Meanwhile, New York requires child care centers a mask mandate. Sounds ridiculous, right? Yes, it is. All right, Dr. Fauci, here we go. Folks, right now, I believe you have Moderna. This is about Pfizer. This is not about Moderna or the Johnson & Johnson. What do you t- speak to these folks right now? I believe you have Moderna, if I'm not mistaken. Um, what about a third I dose have. of Moderna? And what about a second dose of Johnson & Johnson? Uh, especially the J.J. folks, they feel a bit left out all the time in the, in the media narrative. Yeah, uh, understandably feeling left out, but in the in the narrative, but not in reality. We are definitely paying strong attention to both the J and J people and those who've received a Moderna, and the actual data that will get that third shot for the Moderna and second shot for the J and J is literally a couple to a few weeks away. We're working on that right now to get the data to the FDA so they can examine it and make a determination about the boosters for those people. They're not being left behind by any means. Is this something within weeks, days, months when it comes to Moderna and Johnson & Johnson? Uh, 
Chuck, I believe it will be weeks and not months, and I don't think it's going to be days, but it's going to be weeks, I believe. And the Pfizer rollout should be this week? Do we expect that? I, I, the FDA hears from the advisory panel, you expect that decision this coming week and that roll, the rollouts could begin as early as Thursday or Friday? Yeah, I, I believe that's quite possible, uh, Chuck. As you know, the, the FDA will, will come out with their decision, and then immediately after that, you will see the Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices advising the CDC. So it should be within the time frame that was first mentioned. Uh, Thanks Dr. for watching Fauci. our YouTube. Dr. Fauci, Dr. Fauci. Oh, man. All right, next. Two students stands for Pledge Allegiance to Our Flag. Listen to this. That was only two students pledging allegiance to our flag. And mayor warns school board must resign or be charged with some sort of crazy. Members of the board, charges. my name is Craig Schubert, the mayor of this city. It has come to my attention that your educators are distributing essentially what is child pornography classroom. I've spoken to a judge this evening. She's already confirmed that. So I'm going to give you a simple choice. Either you choose to resign from this Board of Education or you will be charged. Thank you. How about that? Sounds amazing. Um, there has been a uh, sort of a viral video and the news has been talking about this Gabby Petito's mother um I'm John McEnroe I'm using Squarespace to go from scary this is Gabby Petito's his mother. Are they explained? I guess it's uh, just it's scary and it's nerve-wracking and um, we don't eat, we don't sleep. We're just actively looking for her, looking at tips. Did, did anybody see her somewhere? We just want to find her and bring her home. The search for Gabby Petito goes on across the country. The 22-year-old missing for several weeks. Uh, we are going to get into that right now. Welcome back to the show. I'm Rob Fetterty alongside Rachel Roller. Gabby's family so far receiving help, uh, no help at all, from her boyfriend, Brian, um, after they traveled across the country together from New York uh, to the Midwest and then to the West. Joining us now is Gabby Petito's mother, Nicole Schmidt. Nicole, we know this is incredibly difficult for you, and we know you're very busy with this search, so we thank you, and if we can do any help to get your daughter's picture out there even more and mm -hmm. find more answers, that's what we're here to do. So thank you for coming on this morning. Thank you for having me. Now, you've been very vocal in your search for your daughter, searching for those answers. Can you tell us a little bit about the last time you heard from Gabby? Um... Well, I remember the last time I spoke to her, she seemed like she was having a lot of fun and enjoying the trip, her dream trip. And uh, I just received a text on the 30th that she wasn't going to have service. So I waited a couple of days and tried to reach out to her every single day from that 
point on, I wasn't getting a response. And I, I was worried enough by the ninth day that I needed to start actively reaching out to people to try and find out if anybody's heard from her. Um, she said she was in Yosemite National Park and that she didn't have any service, and that was August 30th. Uh, I know the last phone call you had was August 25th, so it's been uh, a while now. I, I want to talk about Brian, her, her boyfriend. They were in this white van traveling across the country together. Um, it sounds like a, a dream trip for anybody uh, that age. Uh, he put out a statement, or I should say his attorneys put out a statement, where he continues to refer to Gabby as Miss Petito. Um, which I see as a, as a legal strategy. Uh, what did you make of that? And, and what's been the, the interaction between you and Brian uh, over the last few weeks? Has there been any at all? No, um, I don't remember the last time I spoke to him. Um, I don't know why. He didn't say that, obviously. His lawyer put that statement out. He hasn't said a word, and he's the only one that and out of the millions of people in this in this country that know where she was last left, and he's the only one that's not talking, and, that's, and I don't get it. With this story now as exposed as it is, so many people wondering this morning, why won't he tell you and your husband, why won't he tell the family where Gabby is if he was in love with her, going to marry her? As we heard in that body cam video, let's talk about that for a minute. Utah police releasing that video. It's over an hour long, this footage showing the two after someone called the police saying there was an altercation, possibly physical. Now, Nicole, when you watched that video and you heard your daughter say, he locked me out of the van, he, he held my face, he pushed me, she is so emotional, clearly upset. What, it, what was going through your head? It's really heartbreaking as a mother to watch that, wishing I could have, have helped her and hugged her and took her away from that situation, kept her safe. I don't agree with the way the police officers handled it. I know they were just trying to do their job and keep things as simple as possible, but yeah. I, I don't understand why she was basically looked at as the aggressor. Um, you can see how tiny she is. Mm -hmm. and yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's so confusing to me. Nicole, you and your husband, uh, and I just want to commend you, you have had such dignity. I've seen countless interviews that both you and your husband have done over the last several days. You've been so very careful about saying anything really negative about Brian. But I, I want to ask you, here we are on Friday, uh, do you think that he was involved in this in some sinister way, that he might know where Gabby is right now or what happened? I do think... He, I know he knows where the last place she was. He was the last person with her. So I don't understand why you would leave the love of your life somewhere and not tell anyone where she is. I don't understand she needs help. either. Yeah. And you've had so many days, Nicole, to, to mull over this in your own mind. You said as a mother, thinking and watching that video, wondering what you could have done. Of course, you're not there. And, and you're trying now to bring her home. What is it that you want done today? What is it that you want done immediately to make sure that happens? I think it's being done. I think the FBI and the police are doing their job. I hope that um, I hope that he does crack soon and, and say something. Give us some information. You know, even if it's just, I dropped her off somewhere mm -hmm. and this is where it was. Yeah. That's all we need to know. Well, we'll, so we, we can are, find her. We are praying for you, Nicole. Thank you so much. I want to just reiterate the FBI hotline. It's 800 
225-5324. We've got that on the screen as well. Thank you. Thank you. For every moment that matters... major role in this case as more than 100,000 people shared tips, thoughts, and concerns on this, the Find Gabby Facebook page. In fact, it was a tip from another vlogger that apparently led authorities to Gabby's body. Now, the FBI asked anyone with information to call their hotline, as they usually do, but they also asked hikers, you can see here, in the Teton National Park area to scour their videos, their pictures, and see if they could find Gabby's 2012 Ford Transit van that passed through any of that footage at any point. And sure enough, it did. In this video, you can see the white van right there with that arrows pointing, parked and said to be found abandoned two days after Gabby's family lost contact with her. Now, this stood out to the Florida-based vloggers Jen and Kyle Bethune because of the Florida license plates. And it is said to have helped authorities pinpoint their search in that nearly 300,000-acre national park. Thousands now offering their condolences to the family online. As we just also heard, the lawyer of the now missing 23-year-old boyfriend, Brian Laundrie, sharing his thoughts in a text message, saying the news about Gabby Petito is heartbreaking. The Laundrie family prays for Gabby and her family. But we did see a heartbreaking and heartwarming as well tweet from Gabby's father, saying with this photo, Gabby Petito, she touched the world. We are also sending our thoughts and prayers to the family as well. We'll be right back. So an obviously emotional FBI agent there uh, telling us what many people had long feared. Uh, Gabby Petito, it is believed, has been found dead uh, near the Spread Creek campsite uh, in Grand Teton National Park. Uh, the autopsy has not yet provided a cause of death, and in fact, it has not yet provided absolutely uh, confirmation of her identity. However, you notice that there, in the photos of her, there are tattoos on her arms and so forth. There are ways to make a presumptive identification, and that, it appears, is what the FBI has done in this case. Um, they started by they started the news conference by saying, we offer our condolences to Gabby's family, and we ask for your thoughts and prayers. Um, let's in, bring in Dr. Michael Bodden. Uh, he is... All right. Um, yeah, our condolences go out to this family. Um, next. What is next? Here we go. DeSantis. You know, Governor, the President had a lot to say yesterday, and he didn't say your name, but obviously was referring to you. What do you have to say to him back when it came to about the mask mandates? Well, I would just say generally, when you're taking action that's unconstitutional, that threatens the jobs uh, of the people in my state, uh, many, many thousands of jobs, uh, I'm standing for them. We're going to protect their jobs against federal overreach. And this is a guy who criticizes the state of Florida for protecting parents' rights. He says school boards should be able to eliminate parents' rights and force five-year-old kids to wear masks all day. That's what he thinks is appropriate government. Yet, here he comes from Washington, D.C., instituting an unprecedented mandate, which even his own people have acknowledged in the past is not constitutional. That's not leadership. And I think the problem I have with Joe Biden more than anything, this guy doesn't take responsibility for anything. He's always trying to blame other people, blame other states. This is a guy that promised when he ran for president that he would shut down the virus. If you look now, there's 300% more cases in this country today 
than a year ago when we had no vaccines at all. So his policies are not working. He's doubling down on things that are going to be very destructive for the livelihoods of many, many Americans and obviously going to be destructive uh, to our constitutional system and the rule of law. And so these are times uh, when you believe in that Constitution, uh, you got to stand up. And obviously the substantive issue is important because there, there are places that are going to toss aside people who've worked, they've worked this whole time throughout COVID. Now all of a sudden they should be tossed aside. They were working when nobody had vaccine. You don't know their history. You don't know why they're making decisions that they're making. Many of these people have already recovered and they have immunity. The idea that somehow uh, you have somebody that gets a Johnson & Johnson they can work, but someone that's got natural immunity somehow can't. That natural immunity is strong. So it's not based on science. And you can say he's saying he's losing patience with people. You know, at the end of the day, we don't live um, with a one-person rule in this country. We live in a constitutional system which people's rights are respected. But particularly in this juncture, their livelihoods and their jobs have to be protected. I mean, just think about, you know, what this mandate would do. It's going to drive people out of work, out of hospitals, out of all this stuff where you have a need for people. So it's totally counterproductive, and I think it'll ultimately lose in court. But be in, be before that, you know, there needs to be action taken uh, to protect the people of our state and hopefully of the entire United States. Nobody should lose their job based on this decision. All right, next. Come on, This was at a, she was caught, she did a coin toss at a big game. It is a hedge. He wanted toss. And, ah, uh, laughing Kamala. Here we go. Once again, yes. Let's speak about the border. How it's crisis. It's been, um, with the United States of America. Listen to this. Vigilance on roads and highways near the border after his calls for assistance from the White House to combat the surge of migrants go unanswered. Uh, Bear County Sheriff Javier Salazar writing in a letter to President Biden last month, quote, I cannot just stand by and let my fellow law enforcement officers continue to lose faith in your leadership and administration. Please help us. Sheriff Salazar joins us now. Sheriff, your assets are being shifted elsewhere uh, from the border, and now you got to be border agents too, right? Well, we're, con we're con concentrating our efforts on the highways. Uh, you know, not I wouldn't call us border agents. I would, I would we're continuing our law enforcement mission, but we are having to concentrate a little bit more on the highways because of what's going on down south. Why? Assets being pushed elsewhere? Well, from what we've understood, uh, they're pulling a lot of Border Patrol assets down south to the border, which is understandable. They're dealing with a sea of humanity in that humanitarian crisis, uh, and they're doing what they can. But with that being said, it's leaving the state vulnerable in other areas, and, and we're not just going to let that happen as Texas sheriffs. What are you seeing coming through that never used to come through before? Or they'd never well, used to at this volume. You know, it's, a, it's an everyday thing, but we are certainly going to be seeing more drugs coming up north. We're going to be seeing uh, more guns and, and stolen vehicles heading down south. And so, look, it's just up to us to step up and fill that gap. You're not uh, talking about Democrat or Republican. You just want something effective from Washington. Were you surprised you didn't get any answer from your letter? 
Um, well, I mean, look, I know that the, the president's administration is busy with what's going on in Afghanistan. I know they've got other things going on on a worldwide scale. I can't even imagine. And make no mistake about it, I, I do support my president. Uh, but with that being said, that's why I feel uh, that it's my place to ask for more. Uh, in talking to some, some sheriffs from down south at the border, uh, Republican and Democrat, they feel left behind. They feel left out. And so uh, I'm, ha I'm actually flying down south uh, later this morning with DPS to go get a, get a look at it. I'll probably be meeting up with, with one of the local sheriffs down there, Joe Frank Martinez, uh, to see what we can do to help. Sheriff, uh, what about your mayor? What about your governor? Well, uh, look, the governor, I, I can't say that I agree with his, with his policies of locking up these, a lot of these undocumented immigrants in the state prison because what that's doing is it's causing a backlog in the prison system, which is in turn affecting my jail population. And right now my deputies are already working a lot of overtime to keep up with the jail population. So it's a domino effect. And so that's why I say uh, border problems are Bear County problems by default, and, and we're going to do everything in our power to help. Yeah, just give him a hand. Uh, Sheriff is doing everything he can with the staff that he has, but he's being overwhelmed, and it affects everyone, not just border states. And that's the message. Sheriff Javier Salazar, thanks so much. All right, next. Australia. Here we go. United Kingdom. Thank you. Over to you, Mr. President. Thank you, Boris. And I want to thank uh, that fellow down under. Thank you very much, pal. Appreciate it, Mr. Prime Minister. What in the world? The fellow down under doesn't know his name. Doesn't know his name. It's Scott Morrison, by the way, Joe. What will you design today? and uh, other world leaders as they meet when it comes to the quad. Uh, she joins us now from beautiful D.C. You got that feeling in the air, mate? When it was a state visit, there were national flags. Princess Beatrice and her husband, Eduardo Mapelli, have welcomed their first child, a baby girl. The Queen's granddaughter gave birth to her daughter at the Chelsea and Westminster Hospital, weighing around 2.7 kilos. Buckingham Palace has confirmed they are doing well. The baby girl will be the 11th in line for the throne and is now the Queen's 12th great-grandchild. Congratulations to that. Um, the Senate promotion deals with a massive blow uh, to Biden's agenda, and it's and it's a huge deal because and it's a ridiculous deal um, for that. Um. Next on this. The agenda for the Boyle advisory has been a ridiculous amount of weeks. Um, for the holiday that's coming up 
um, we the distribution will be at the aisle one store located on Brook Avenue between Brook Ave and Main. Also at Seasons Supermarket on Allwood Road. Um, and it's still in effect for many areas. So, good luck, y'all. Yeah. You've worked in a coroner's office. Walk us through this just a little bit. The autopsy scheduled for you've worked in a coroner's office. Walk us through this just a little bit. The autopsy scheduled for tomorrow. We know Gabby's parents reported her missing on September 11th, but they haven't had contact her with the, since the end of August. How difficult is it going to be to determine the cause of death? It's it's going to be an uphill push. She's been down for a protracted period of time. What we know right now is that if you just go back to the vlogger who documented the location of the van if we simply look at that time frame we're looking at a minimum of 19 days that she may have been down uh, or that this individual they have found out there at this moment Tom who we believe to be Gabby uh, has been down for that protracted period of time there's all kind of fluctuations in environmental conditions heat cold these sorts of things mm -hmm. Not to mention any kind of animal activity that's out there. So it's going to be an uphill battle. It is significant, though, and you need to keep in mind that her autopsy has been put off until tomorrow as opposed to today. There's a lot of talk about this. Why is that going on? I can tell you this. Because this is kind of an isolated area, they don't deal with cases like this. Mm. They're bringing in every type of technology and resource that they have in order to be thoroughly prepared for this autopsy that will take place tomorrow uh, in this location. You heard that. All right. Next, Charlie Kirk is launching a new lawsuit against Biden's COVID mandate. Um, parlors keep on emailing me, trying to get me onto parlor, and I still do not go on to parlor. Thank you very much, Parlor. I will not be going on Parlor because you guys are a bunch of morons out there. And I hate Parlor after what they've done to me. The reason why I say that is they're trying to kick me off of Parlor every single day. Um, I asked them earlier in the year to put me back on, and they wouldn't put me back on. Um, we are against Parler, and we hate Parler. We are, we have Getter, Real Ari Mac at Getter.com, Real Ari Real Ari Mac on Getter, and we will be on Getter forever, until we decide to move on to a different platform. Alright, before we close it out, our podcast... An executive order pertaining to all child care settings um, facility employees must be vaccinated by, by November 1st or face weekly testing. Effective September 24th, all employees, students, and children in facility of child care ages 2 and over and visitors must wear a face mask. And... 
it's ridiculous what he does. That's New Jersey. Um, let's see anything else from him. That idiot Murphy. Governor Murphy. No, let me check on, on his Twitter. Ah, oh, that man. He likes to play around. Breakthrough cases, blah, blah, blah. Apply for FEMA, he says. And that's all for today for New Jersey. All right, fine. That's all. Thank you for listening to the American Freedom Podcast. We will be having a special um, podcast on Thursday. Um, or Wednesday night into Thursday. Have a wonderful week end and hope you enjoyed. Happy Sukkot to all my Jewish friends. Um, and... Enjoy the meals and enjoy the, and stay safe out there. Happy Sukkot. Happy Sukkot and happy, according to Biden, he wishes you a happy Passover. Because Biden um doesn't want you to, Biden won't remember which holiday is coming up. So, I guess Joe Biden is right. Happy Passover.